0: Welcome to the Founders Keeper's podcast, a series of interviews exploring stories behind the founders of change-making businesses in social impact healthcare and health tech industries and what makes those founders tick. I'm your host, Dr. Grace Hassan, and this week I'm joined by Dr. Avi Mera, an associate partner for healthcare and clinical safety officer at IBM, as well as being the co-founder of Doctorpreneurs. A medical doctor by training, Avi was the National Medical Director's Clinical Fellow at Bupa from 2014 to 15. He was later appointed as an associate partner at IBM and he's currently responsible for helping expand IBM's healthcare and life sciences consulting practice. More recently, Avi was named as 2022's UK Asian Tech Pioneer and is consistently ranked among the top 100 Asian stars in UK tech. Back in 2011, however, he and a group of fellow doctors co-founded Doctorpreneurs, a non-profit organisation and global community for doctors, medical students and individuals interested in healthcare innovation and entrepreneurship. Doctorpreneurs organise events and collaborate with leading organisations and initiatives all over the world, Including the NHS Clinical Entrepreneur Programme, Wired Health, and Stanford Ignite. Today, Avi talks about balancing a portfolio career as a physician, corporate associate, and nonprofit co founder, the importance of reflecting on your work and identifying your own growth needs, and getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Let's get started. Avi, you've worked in clinical medicine, social enterprise, and consultancy, amongst other fields. Where do you feel that you've had the most impact as an individual?
1: Great question. Uh, so firstly, thanks for, for having me on the podcast. I, I think it's, it's an interesting question. It's something I do reflect on even today. And I think um, it's been, the experience has been different in each scenario. Um, I think what I've enjoyed most or where I felt I've had um, um, potentially a Greater impact um, is the work I've been doing in the technology and consulting space, just because of the scale of the projects we've been working on. Um, however, that said, I often reflect on times as a as a practicing doctor where you know when you're seeing a patient one to one, you can directly see the impact you're making um, at an individual level. Something that you do miss when you're working on sort of broader digital health projects. So I, I think it's a hard question to answer because it also depends on how you define impact. Right, A lot of the projects you end up doing in, in the technology and consulting sector, it can be hard to quantify the outputs and evidence in terms of the impact you've actually made, because sometimes it's indirect um, or the impact hasn't yet been realized. But you can see the potential from a culture change or from a um, technology evolution perspective that, that you're going to make you know, in the near future. And so for me, look, I've enjoyed all the different parts of my career so far. I've, I've found it experimental and interesting. Um, but if it, from, a, from an enjoyment um, perspective, I would say overall the work I've been doing over the last five or six years in the digital health space has, been, has made me feel I've been making um, a different sort of impact, I would say.
2: Well, I'd love for you to share more of your background. You trained as a medical doctor initially. So what led you into consulting and where you are now?
1: Yeah, so um, I, I don't know. I can go back to the beginning. So I, you know, I did a medical school at Imperial College, um, a six-year degree there. and I integrated in the business school for one year studying management. And And the reason I mentioned that was because that was the year that sort of planted this new seed of interest in healthcare management, healthcare technology, innovation, entrepreneurship. And when I finished medical school, it was kind of like, okay, I've got this sort of interest bubbling. What do I do with it? Um, so I, you know, did my foundation training, um, was practicing, ended up getting involved in some quality improvement projects. And they just happened to be involved, be in the health, I T sort of digital health space. Um, and I just sort of followed that interest at the time. So I wasn't too keen to. I didn't really know at the time you know, whether I wanted to go down a specialty route. So I, I decided to take an F3 year, carried on some of the QI projects I was involved in at the time. That was around the time we launched Drpreneurs. And we can talk a bit more about that later um, as a vehicle to work through and explore the space. And then really it was a case of taking on opportunities that presented themselves at the time that sort of aligned with my interests. So I had an opportunity to do a a leadership and management fellowship with the faculty of medical leadership and management that took me to Bupa at the end of that fellowship um ended up staying on as their clinical lead for digital health uh, in Bupa and then the opportunity to join IBM came along just at the time when they were making a big bet in the health tech space through the launch of Watson Health um and that was back in 2016 and got an opportunity to to join IBM at that time as a as a clinical consultant and then took on different roles within the organization um and I'm and, and, and there today currently um, within the consulting side of, of IBM as a, an associate partner with the healthcare and life sciences team and also as a clinical safety officer and doing various different sort of side projects on the side. Um, so, you know, my background, I would say, has been varied. Um, I've sort of tried to have a strategy in mind, but also tried to be, be opportunistic and take opportunities when they come that are sort of aligned with, with what I'm feeling. Uh, but that's a bit of a high-level overview of, of my career journey so far, and I'm happy to go into aspects of that in more detail.
0: I'd like to focus for now on Doctorpreneurs. Tell me about that. What is it? What does it do?
1: Sure. So um, you know, we're a not-for-profit organization and essentially a global community for doctors, medical students, really any individual who's interested in improving healthcare through technology, innovation, and entrepreneurship. Um, we've been around since 2011, so over 10 years now, and we've done quite a few different things over those years. But at its core, we focused on three main offerings. Um, the first is sort of our website, which acts as a central uh, source of inspiration information for budding clinical innovators and entrepreneurs. So um, anyone who's interested in the space can come. We, we we do interviews with doctor to doctor innovators and doctors turned entrepreneurs uh, to provide that inspiration and and, and sort of guidance around. How you can follow a similar path. And we also have a bunch of resources on the website that can help anyone who's early on in their journey. The second was all around events. And so over the years, we've done a mix of things. We used to run our own events. We had a couple of years where we ran our our flagship startup school, and we also used to run different health tech innovation and networking events over the years. Uh, And now we primarily focus on partnering with events in the space, really to provide networking opportunities for our community. So they can get down there, meet like-minded people, and and really collaborate and work with with others in the space. And then the third area is probably the area we focus most on right now, which is our career opportunities platform. And and this this was all around sort of helping um, clinicians and healthcare professionals to find relevant career opportunities in the space. And so we focus really on those entrepreneurial or health tech career opportunities that are really aimed and targeted at uh, individuals with a clinical background. So we often used to get requests from um, healthcare organizations and startups in the space saying, hey, look, you know, we want to recruit a chief medical officer or a medical director or a clinical advisor or, and so forth. And so that, that really gave us the inspiration to, to create that sort of opportunities platform. And given our targeted community and audience, we're able to sort of be that connector between healthcare organization startup and sort of exceptional clinical talent. And I'd say those are the three areas um, you know we focused on the most. We've done other things like we've engaged students through our student ambassador program, and and, and, and we have various partnerships in the space. For example, we're partnered with the NHS Clinical Entrepreneur Program as well. But you know, at its core, we are a community, and we all we're all about championing um, sort of this mission around supporting um, medics, medical students, other healthcare professionals to really think differently, to, to think creatively to be ambitious and embrace principles of innovation entrepreneurship to improve healthcare.
0: And what skills do you feel that you've learned either from your doctorpreneur's journey that apply to your consultancy and advisory work or vice versa? How do you take what you've learned with Bupa and IBM and apply that to growing
2: doctorpreneurs?
1: Yeah, great questions. I mean, there's lots of sort of different transferable skills. And actually, it's kind of hard for me to to identify where I would say I learnt um certain things because both have sort of gone in parallel. Dr. Prenez is something I've always done in parallel alongside my roles at, at, in the NHS and at BUPA and at IBM. So it's been a nice thing to have sort of both strands. I'd say some of the key areas um I would um, you know, focus on from skill development that have sort of helped would be um I guess number one, opportunity identification. Sort of thinking differently, thinking out of the box in terms of um, what is the potential opportunity here. How can we do things differently? And that you know that's how we were thinking when we were building Doctorpreneurs and and trying to navigate this quite difficult space at the time, um, quite sensitive space around medics being involved in entrepreneurship and, and, and these sort of ventures. And but but that ability to sort of be bold, think. Differently, think creatively, and identify new opportunities, I think has helped itself both from a doctorpreneur's perspective in terms of how we've expanded that, but also in my work in IBM and BUPA, where you know, you really need to be coming in and, and, and providing your opinion, providing your point of view, and really trying to identify new opportunities um, that can be capitalized on. So I think that's definitely one area. Um, another f- area would be all around communication and you know, sort of presenting yourself. And I think. Early on in the Doctorpreneurs days, you know, I was going around to events, introducing myself to, to, to people, um, networking, and really having to come up with a fairly succinct way of articulating who I am, what my value proposition is, how I can help them. And I think that ability to do that succinctly and clearly cannot be underestimated. And that has helped me again in in, in more corporate roles in Booper and IBM, whether it's through, again, um, building relationships within the organization and getting people to come along. Um, you know my way of thinking or my journey in, in in leadership and management roles or 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 generally when presenting um uh, important um you know presentations in 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 the organization and so sort of that whole point around communication being able to summarize things succinctly being bold enough to sort of uh, present yourself forward and have a point of view and have an opinion um i think is another area and then i think there's something around um you know sort of team working and leadership and um so with Doctorpreneurs, you know we 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 wanted to um very quickly sort of bring on team members, whether it be um core team members or extended team members in the form of volunteers and ambassadors and other other individuals and so I was able to sort of early on think about my leadership and management style with the Individuals that we were bringing on board to the team and and how we were setting sort of the culture and what we wanted to do and how we wanted to work together and what was, you know, a passion project, really, a community, a a social enterprise, um, very much a volunteer led organization. But through doing that, what I was able to do was sort of explore my leadership and management style and then refine that through my roles in Booper and IBM when I've subsequently taken on um, leadership and management responsibility. And I think, again, being able to Take those skills and, and and sometimes, you know, in doctorpreneurs, we can be much more creative and it's, it's much more open. And, and And take that thinking and take that style and approach to what is sometimes a lot a, a much more fixed, um, strict to sort of hierarchical culture can be nice. And you can apply that sort of entrepreneurial style of of management and leadership within more of a traditional um, large corporate organization. So I think those are are a few things that have helped me. Like I said, it's hard to always differentiate where I've built that skill. uh, But I think those are areas that I think have really supported me along the way.
0: You've mentioned so far a number of successful partnerships with large organizations that Doctopreneurs has secured. I wonder if you can tell me about some of the clients that you work with. Do you approach them? Do they come to you? How do you establish and build a relationship, especially when your organization is a non-profit?
1: Yeah, so it's a bit of a mix. Um, so early on, obviously, we were we were doing a lot of outreach when we were trying to build the brand and and, and position ourselves in the market. And so we were reaching out to organisations in the space, and, and we saw we, we kind of you know we looked at others um, other sort of similar social enterprises or not for profit organisations and kind of looked at their offerings and, and tried to repeat in a way um, you know what they were doing. And so things like media partnerships. Became quite a standard thing for us to do, where it was, it was a common offering in the space, sort of supporting an event with helping them to reach um, a, a specific audience and having a, a, a mutual sort of arrangement in place. Um, and it was just a case of, as we started to build up our offering, and what, we, what I think we realized, you know, Doctopreneurs was one of the first um, organizations of its kind in the space. There weren't really any other visible organizations that were championing this mission, especially in the UK. So, we already had a niche. So, whenever we were going to these or other sort of um, organizations to reach out for a partnership, I guess we did have a unique sort of value proposition and a unique selling point in that we had this community that was very targeted, that were, we had a lot of clinicians and healthcare professionals who were entrepreneurially minded and who wanted to get involved in the space. And, and a lot of the partners we were reaching out to actually wanted to reach our audience, whether it be events um, or other. Um, organizations. And then um, some of the other partnerships, so for example, the NHS Clinical Entrepreneur Program, you know, I had a personal relationship with Tony Young going back a number of years. And when they were setting that out, we again saw a lot of um, mutual um, sort of uh, benefit from that partnership. And, you know, a lot of what we do is aligned to to their mission. And again, it was about sort of aligning up um, between different organizations and aligning around where the, the sort of the benefit mutual benefits are what we can provide one another, but then also being very clear about, you know, we had to be very clear with because we would often get organizations reaching out to us for opportunities. And look, Doctorpreneurs was something we were all running on the side as a passion project, as a community. We were restricted in terms of funds. And so we had to determine okay, what was right for us to explore and dedicate time to, and then areas that we had to just say no to that either wasn't wasn't aligned to what we were what we were doing was going to require a significant financial investment that we just didn't have at the time, or that was going to um, basically uh, lead us to taking on too much. and so yeah, it was a combination of outreach and um, um, organizations reaching out to us, and I think we've just been very we've just tried to be very clear about you know who we are as an organization, what we do and the kind of activities we want to get involved in, and I think that's allowed us to sort of play within this space, build those relationships and just stay as a sort of voice within that community and stay as, a, as, as an organization that other um, organizations may want to partner with.
0: And what challenges would you say that you've encountered in working full-time in clinical medicine and now consultancy, while simultaneously growing entrepreneurs over this 10-year journey?
1: Yeah, firstly, it's not, I wouldn't say it's an enormous organization, um, <laughs> but it's definitely a passion, it's definitely a passion project that, that, that we've been committed to over the years. And yeah, it's it's a it's a, um it's a question that comes up a lot, even when I'm doing sort of coaching and mentoring around how do you balance a portfolio career? Because I'd say that's what I've sort of had over the last ever since I've I've I uh, I graduated from medical school, and it can be hard. And I think um what what what's helped with doctorpreneurs is we've tried to keep it lean. We've tried to really be focused as as much as we can on on certain activities and be and, and say no. Because otherwise, it can be overwhelming. And, and you know, if you've got a clinical role, and then you know, I've got a full-time role within IBM, and then doing doctorpreneurs and all the other things on the side, um, it, it can be hard to manage it all. And, and, and you, you end up spinning lots of plates, and potentially, they're not spinning them very well, um, leading things to drop and the quality to drop. So what I've tried to do personally is be very organized, number one, um, with, with what I'm doing, um, and, and just make sure I'm carving out appropriate time, be realistic. You know, And again, we've had to think very hard about doctopreneurs. And, and early on, we, were, we, we thought about different opportunities we could do with it in terms of turning it into a, an accelerator, an incubator, potentially having a consulting arm. And we recognized that actually, for the way we'd set it up and for the team that we're, were looking after it, where we all had full-time roles and we all had sort of portfolio careers and, and the opportunity at the time that presented itself, that that wasn't going to be feasible. And so again, we contained, tried to contain it as much as possible, keep it as lean as possible, and put in the management structure that would allow us to run it as a side project and a, as a passion project, but to grow it incrementally and, and keep it going. And then um, a lot of the rest of it has been around, you know, choices and trade-offs. Um, you know, at some point, I had to think about whether doing clinical practice. Um, alongside the roles I was taking on in, in industry was going to be sustainable. Um, I'd sort of gone from, you know, foundation training, carried on practice sort of part-time as an SHO, then to sort of one day a week in a private clinic. And then when I joined IBM and took on that role, that was my sort of decision point where I had to reflect and think, is, you know, can I, can I continue to do this all and do it all well? And at that point, I made a decision that I was going to pause my clinical practice because I was taking on an international role. It was going to be very hard to, to, to fit in time to do clinical work and, and do it confidently. Um, and I just said to myself, right, okay, I've got to make a choice and there's going to be trade-offs and I'll have to deal with that. And, and I think that's really important is, is being being clear about the choices you make and then, and then li- sticking with them and, and, and reflecting as to a different point as to whether that was the right choice and and, 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 and whether that, you know, you're on the right path. And so those are, those are a few of the things that I've, I've sort of reflected on over the years around balancing and managing this portfolio career. And I'll be honest, it's something I still do today in terms of thinking about my next steps, thinking about the projects I'm involved in and thinking about, you know, what I want to do, what we should focus on, where we should reduce, you know, scope and, and, and where we should then pick up new things.
0: And leading on from that, and I suspect this invariably links back to your current role in IBM, but can you tell me what does a typical day look like for you if a typical day exists?
1: Yeah, it's a hard one um, because the role has been so varied over the last five and a half years. Um, so I guess let me give let me reflect on a few different roles and responsibilities I ha- I've had over the years. So I think the first three and a half years within IBM, I was within the Watson Health division, which was very much like a... A, a well-funded startup within a, a a massive corporate organization. IBM had made a big bet at the time to go into health tech quite aggressively and invested a lot of money in Watson Health. And so my role at that time, I brought I was brought on as a as a as a clinical consultant to help build um, this global clinical capability and team they were looking to create within Watson Health. And then over those three and a half years, I took on different leadership and management responsibility, uh, sort of leading uh, and. Uh, managing and leading different teams uh, within that side of the business. And so my day really varied. It could have been, so let's say there was no travel involved in that week. I'd be working from home, uh, potentially going into the office one, one or two days a week, um, a combination of video calls with, with team members. We had an international team at the time. So you know it'd be um, running meetings with team members uh, with our US team or, or team in Asia Pacific and India and Europe, um, getting on with work, um, and so my role was split at that time. We'd be doing internal facing, sort of product design and development work. So, again, providing clinical and healthcare expertise into design and development. So, it could be work to do with that. Um, working on other internal sort of operational things associated with the business. And then, of course, we have client-facing work, and that could be in the UK, or a lot of it ended up being internationally. And so there'd be weeks where I'd be out traveling, meeting clients. Um, if it was a client that had sort of Signed a contract with us, we'd be leading implementation and adoption engagements for the for the for the product or the system that they had they had purchased, um, and and be working with them, you know, um, wherever that may be in the world, China, Japan, uh, Europe, the US, um, or supporting sales engagements and, and and working with our sales team around sort of business development opportunities. And so I'd say week to week it was incredibly varied, and the role was constantly changing, the team was changing, and so. Again, and I say this to clinicians who, who are often interested in, in taking on these roles, you end up wearing lots of different hats and you've got to be okay with this sort of um, very varied, constantly changing work pattern. And I'd say the same has as also happened in the last um, sort of two years when I've sort of moved out of Watson Health and now I'm in, in, in the consulting side of the business as an associate partner. Um, I, obviously, because of COVID, the travel has reduced significantly. So there's a lot more. You know, working from home a lot more, sort of virtual meetings, as you can imagine. But again, in terms of my role, wearing many different hats again. So I could be supporting internal work around um, design and development of some of, some of the software and solutions, supporting internally from a clinical safety assurance perspective, working with with clients externally on on different projects and supporting those delivery engagements, and other stuff like working on thought leadership activities, speaking at conferences. Um, Again, internal operations, and and so it's a mix. And I think that's you, you can either like it or you can hate it. So some people like that, you know, variety and and, and change. Um, others people others can get quite, um, you know, uh, affected by it. And I think that's one of the things I've reflected on: is you need to be comfortable with change within an organization like IBM, and also you need to be you need to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, you know, our, our, the old the, the previous CEO. And IBM always used to say, you know, comfort and growth can't coexist. So you need to have that notion of like, you know, change is okay and you have an ability to deal with it, um, whether that's on a day-to-day basis or, or, or on, a, on a broader basis. And I think that's one thing I reflect on when when working in organizations like, like IBM and also in Bupa as well.
2: And I'm curious to know what your plans
0: are next. What's on the horizon for both you and for entrepreneurs?
1: Yeah, something I'm, again, I constantly reflect on and I think on. I'm I'm a big reflector. I tend to do um, sort of regular annual reflections to think about, you know, what I want for my career and where I'm headed. And it's something I I encourage others to do as well. Um, Personally, right now, um, you know, I do have this sort of portfolio career right now where I've I've obviously got my full-time role at IBM, where we're doing some really interesting things different to what I was doing from when I joined. And, and and this stuff I want to deliver and, and kind of and 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 focus on, um, so that's the doctorpreneurs as well. We, we've 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 um, we've tried to really narrow down the scope in recent years because it was you know we're thinking about the sustainability issue around how we can continue to you know keep doctorpreneurs going in a sustainable way and keep it growing incrementally. And we've seen so many other organizations, similar organizations, uh, enter the space, and so we recognize that actually. We don't have to play all these roles anymore. So with Doctorpreneurs, we've really focused on the opportunities platform, and I think that's the area that we want to continue to grow because we recognise that space is going to continue to grow. and We have a unique role to play in it, and we'll continue to continue to do other things like our media partnerships, but again on a very select basis, um, and of course grow the community and continue to build that community of like-minded individuals. Um, and then yeah, look for me personally, there are, there, I'm always thinking in terms of that north star and 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 right now, I try to not be too prescriptive. Um, I say as long as I'm, you know, I've got a passion to be in the healthcare space and be and and be improving health and delivery of the care, and delivery of care through technology innovation and, and and entrepreneurial thinking. And I feel as long as I'm doing that and I'm enjoying what I'm doing, um, I try to you know um, not be too prescriptive in terms of how I'm doing it and what role, whether it's in a big company or or, or running a startup or joining a smaller company. So right now I'm enjoying the portfolio side of things. I do a bit of advisory work for for startups and innovation units and accelerators as well. Um, But yeah, I I think it's something I'm continuing to reflect on and right now got enough on my plate. Um, Again, always trying to focus down and focus in terms of refine my value proposition and think about new skills that I want to develop. I think one area that I want to probably focus more on going forward is is building more from a commercial leadership perspective. Um, A lot of my roles in IBM have been obviously heavily clinically focused, in addition to some commercial responsibility. But I think building more of that sort of commercial um, leadership skill set is an area that I probably want to expand more in and maybe take on um, more roles in that space.
2: Well, in line with reflecting on your achievements and progress to date, have you ever considered whether you would do anything differently if you would start all over again?
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I, no, you know, I don't, I mean, I often reflect on decisions I've made, you know, um, I don't have any, I don't think I would do anything differently, um, personally, although there is advice I would give um, to Sort of individuals who are starting out on this journey. Um, So yeah, when I look back, I, I I mean, there's always things you can improve on, and but that's through hindsight, right? And you just don't know it at the time. You don't know what you don't know, and whether it's related to um, my work as a as a as a doctor and 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 clinical practice and, and how long I did that for whether it's related to what we did with doctorpreneurs and some of the decisions we made early on and now we reflect on and we think, oh, well, we could have done this better or we could have set this up better or we could have thought about this in a different way. We just didn't know better at the time. That was our gut and that was our feeling and our instinct. And same with some of the decisions that have, you know, when you ref- when you reflect in hindsight on things that have happened during my time at Booper and, and of course at IBM, there's this things, of course, I could have, you know, Improved on or done slightly differently, but that's all part of the learning experience. You know, I'm I'm really grateful for the opportunities I've been given, um, and I, I I sometimes think to myself, well, if I'd done something differently, then maybe I, this opportunity wouldn't have come along and actually, um, you know, it could have had a significant impact in in the sequence of, of of things that happened in my career. So overall, you know, I don't think I have regrets. Um, but obviously, I can reflect on areas where I could have improved on certain things or, or thought about things differently. But I think that's just come from ex- experience and learning. Uh, but again, I do have you know, tips I often give to, to, to sort of medical students or junior doctors who are interested in pursuing a similar path based on
2: that learning and based on that experience.
0: And equally in line with sharing tips and advice, what would you say to anyone who may be interested in starting specifically their own nonprofit, as it's a slightly different take to what we've seen on the podcast so far?
1: It is, yeah. And again, we we, we wrestled with the decision at the beginning um, in terms of you know what, what does actually being a non nonprofit mean? Um, what does that mean in terms of like um, how we operate and, and what our focus is? I think, I think. Firstly, thinking about that question as to what is the purpose of your organisation or your venture, because that that's the first question you have to answer. And if if the per you know if if you want to and there's nothing wrong and you know I, I mentor a lot of startups in this space, you know if if, if the focus is to build a for-profit venture um, where the aim is to to generate profit ultimately for directors and shareholders, and alongside that you can have a a, a very you know noble purpose. That's absolutely fine. But if, if you decided actually that your focus is more on your, the purpose of your organization is actually something other than, than, than generating a profit for directors and shareholders, and actually it's very much within um, a sort of social or community-based aim, um, then I think trying to think about that decision early on, because then it impacts things like how you incorporate the company, um, sort of you know how you set it up. The type of funding um, that then you can go and approach, whether it's you know you set up as a charity, which we're not, for example, and then the, the doors that open and also the doors that close by setting up in that way, um, the types of grants that you can you can um, apply for, but then also on the flip side, you know what you then may limit yourself from being able to access by setting up in this way. And so I often say, as doctorpreneurs, you know we we operate as a not for profit. Um, but we very much have to be sustainable. So we have to generate revenue. We have to generate income. And that's part of the reason why we have our Opportunities Board, um, which, which provides um, you know, revenue for the organization. And, and we've, we do, we've done um, partnerships, paid partnerships in the past and paid events to bring money in. But we try to reinvest the majority of that, of that income into, um, into the business. And so I think firstly, again, thinking about the purpose of the organization. I think if you are going down the, non, the not-for-profit sort of social enterprise route, I think then a big aspect comes around building the community. So really trying to think about you know the mission and, and who your audience is and, 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 and how you can build a community of like-minded individuals that can support you um, on your journey. And then getting the right support as well from an advisory perspective in place and, and looking at other organizations that are in similar space to you and how they've done it and, and what they're doing but then also um, individuals who can also guide and advise you on your journey. And again, just to remember, just to, remem- just to re- remember, you know, not for profit is not it's not a legal structure in its own self, right? It's 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 um, it's just an umbrella term that describes sort of this group of organisations that that are just um, their sole purpose is not to generate profit for for directors and shareholders. And within that, there's many different constructs: community interest companies, social enterprises, charities. Um, and, 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 and so there's many different ways you can set up and operate. Um, and sometimes I do find the words not-for-profit can be quite confusing because you can actually have an organization that where you are, you do need to generate profit to reinvest, but you're just not um, distributing that profit to shareholders and directors. And, and that's not the focus of your organization. Um, so I think there's lots of guidance out there um, that, you know, that's available to people setting up um, there are lots of opportunities where you can learn from other organizations. And again, I'm always happy to, to speak to people in the space who are looking to do something that's more in the sort of social enterprise side of things.
0: And lastly, for someone wanting to get involved with Doctrepreneurs,
2: how can they do that?
1: Yeah, so you can reach out to me directly on LinkedIn. Um, um, you can reach out to us at info at com, And again, you know, happy to, to speak about Doctrepreneurs. Also happy to talk about um, you know, careers in, in health tech and getting into sort of um, exploring roles within the health tech innovation entrepreneurship space um, and, 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 and more broadly as well.
0: I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Founders Keepers. And if you have, please consider subscribing to the podcast and leaving a review on whatever listening platform you are using. Be sure to tune in next time for another Founders Story.